Thank you, Justin. As we talk about revival, there are many different elements that, if you will, play into that. And one of those elements, by the way, folks, and those of you that are visiting, you're like, oh, boy, here we go, another church. That's all they talk about is money. Folks, we don't talk about money here, uh, quite frankly. I've never preached a message on it. I probably should, um, but I don't and or haven't at least up to this point. When uh, we walked in the door as the pastor here a year and a half ago, the mortgage was set at $203,000, and uh, we're just a hair away from paying it off. And folks, you know why? It's because you gave. And and quite frankly, again, we, we just, we have not made money an issue at Union Grove Baptist Church. We don't pass offering plates. They sit in the back. Um, there's some boxes back there, and you just keep filling them up. And you say, you know why that happens? You know why God's people give? It's because they love the Lord. They want to see his work continue. And uh, thank you so much for, for what you've done. Uh, I don't believe in being in debt, uh, especially I, I just don't like churches being in debt. And uh, I'm so thankful that the Lord has uh, supplied the funds through you. You say, oh, Brother Rich, God didn't put the money in the plate. I did. Well, uh, you did it because you love the Lord, didn't you? And uh, we're so happy about that. Well, let's talk about revival for, for uh, one more time. And then, of course, next week we'll be in Revelation, but uh, this theme will continue. We started uh, uh, last week with Second Chronicles chapter 7, which is basically in context. And, of course, everything in the Bible needs to be discussed through four key pieces. Number one, the historical background, the contextual background, the grammatical background, and then uh, always interpret the Bible literally. If God uses symbolic terms, such as in Revelation and a few other uh, books that uh, have apocalyptic style uh, writing and symbols are used, God always explains what those symbols are. But in context, back in the Old Testament times, the, the temple had been built, and God warned his people as a quick review. He says, listen, uh, Jewish folks specifically, the people of Israel, if you go into sin, if you go away from me, if you stop following my commandments, if you will, and he starts out with this admonition, he says, and God is speaking to the Jewish people here, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. In other words, if God's saying, if I'm judging you and you want the judgment to stop and you want me to get, and you want to get my attention, God says this, if my people who are called by my name will, and here's the four things, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. If then, if then, if you do these things, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Four key things then that God says to have revival, specifically from the Old Testament standpoint. Four key things that we need to be doing. Number one is to humble ourselves. We'll talk a little bit about that, uh, these principles in just a few moments, but to humble ourselves. The toughest thing to do is uh, to take a back seat to someone else or, to, or get off God's pedestal. It's hard. Uh, by nature, we want to be number one. Uh, I always like to, uh, and again, I, I'm not picking on Burger King. I love Burger King Whoppers, and I'm endorsing that. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should eat a few less of them, but uh, uh, Burger King, one of their th uh, key things was have it what? 
Have it your way. Well, God says get off, get off the pedestal and have it my way. Uh, humble yourselves and and what? Pray. Folks, a forgotten uh, a discipline of the Christian life is prayer time. Folks, you cannot function as as, as God's people if we're not praying. Uh, Wednesday nights for and, I, and we just expanded it for a few minutes, but. Uh, uh, we get together. Now, uh, we changed the prayer meeting the way we've been doing it. Normally, we were breaking up into small groups. We're praying corporately for the half an hour. In other words, we like we did last Wednesday, we have a mic in the center. I know some of you, just being straightforward, you don't like to pray in the small groups or you feel intimidated by it, So, and, that, and that's perfectly fine. So we're changing the format. Uh, for right now, so we'll have one person pray. We don't pick on anybody. We don't demand anybody pray. If you want to pray, you come to the mic, and uh, we all pray along with you. But it's strictly volunteer. It worked wonderfully last week, and uh, we pray. And uh, we need to pray. Pray for our church. Pray for our country. Pray for the sick and so forth. Pray for souls. Uh, if my people, what, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. And I'm so glad to see you here this morning. I know you're here because you're seeking the Lord's face not that this is the only place you can seek the Lord, by the way, 24-7, 365, anywhere you are, you can seek the face of God and turn from their what? Their wicked ways. Not very culturally acceptable, is it? We don't like to talk about sin anymore. It's offensive to folks, and uh, but God says, listen, you better turn from your wicked ways. You better get off the sin page and, and walk with me. And God says, listen, if you're hurting, if your land is hurting, if you're suffering, and God says, if you want to get back right with me, here's four key principles to practice. If then, if you do these things, God said, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, that was the Old Testament uh, principle. So what do we have next? Keys to revival. These are some of the things we looked at, and we're going to uh, piggyback off these things this morning. Key, 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 key. You don't have a personal relationship with the Lord if you're not praying, if you're not seeking his face. Don't expect God to do things. God says, listen, if you want something, you better what? Better ask me. Get a hold of God. And uh, how important it is. And folks, I don't know what more we could do as a, or need as a church to get our attention than what's taken place over the past several weeks. God has my attention. I've heard multiple people. We had deacons meeting a few nights ago. We, we met right over here. And every single person was saying, I've never prayed so much in my life. I, I've never prayed for those that are hurting as much as we have right now. I never prayed so much for our dear friend Jeff Johnson Folks, I'm telling you, day and night, night and day, we prayed that uh, uh, God's will would be done. And we begged God, of course, to uh, preserve Jeff. But the Lord said, no, I'm, I, I need him up here. And, and the Lord took him home. But uh, you say, well, Brother Rich, are, are, are you disappointed that uh, God didn't answer your, your personal request? No, I'm very, very pleased that God's will was accomplished. Yes, we'll ask God to, to do some things. And God says, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rich, that's not my perfect will. And uh, I need Jeff up here to be with me right now. And uh, yes, it's going to be hard for Courtney. And yes, it's hard for Emily and Alex and all the loved ones here. And, and they're hurting, and they're, they're hurting a lot. But you know what, folks? This is the kind of thing that don't let this go unnoticed. Folks, what is God calling us here? He's like, listen, 
We've gone through a tough time. We're going through a tough time. The, t- the toughness isn't over yet. The pain is still there. It's so very real. And uh, don't, let it, don't let it go unnoticed. Get on your knees and pray. Beg God to, uh, uh, that you're right with him. Beg God for your family and your friends and those that you love and care about. Seek the Lord while he may be found. We need a major movement by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that has to work in our congregation the Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts folks, moves people uh, to walk with him. Uh, and I'm not talking about some uh, charismatic or Pentecostal type thing. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit moving with inside of each and every one of us as we need his guidance. Consecration of the body of Christ. Every single person who's a Christian is part of that body. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. We need conviction of sin and conversions to Jesus Christ. Let me share this before I go into the next part of the message. And we'll get into the Bible in just a minute. One of our deacons at uh, the deacons meeting said this, said, Rich, here's one of the things that was on Jeff's heart. Every single Sunday I'd come in, Jeff would usually be standing in the, in the back right behind the sound booth there. I'd go up to him, shake his hand. He wasn't a big talker, but he, he loved the Lord big time. And this individual shared with me, he says, you know, one of the things that Jeff wanted more than anything, and I'm like, what's that? He wanted to see folks come to Christ. It was a burden of his heart here at Union Grove Baptist Church. Now, we've been growing, and I'm thrilled to death with that. And God's been uh, bringing folks into our midst, many, many folks that are already saved. Folks, in order to have true and earnest revival Yes, we want to see uh, folks come that are already know the Lord and join our fellowship and learn and serve the Lord with the Lord together, but we need to reach the lost. And that was Jeff's heart. He's like, boy, I wish we could see even more conversions, and I say amen uh, to that. So folks, you know how that's going to happen. There are some ideas that were brought out, but there's only one idea that actually works. There's only one biblical idea. Only one biblical concept is to how folks come to Christ. You know how that is? Look in the mirror. God uses people. Every single one of us has a duty, has a command as ambassadors of Jesus Christ to go out into the highways and byways, seek out those that don't know Christ, lovingly, kindly share the gospel and bring them in. Folks, we could spend millions of dollars on advertising. It will fail. You can spend millions of dollars on programs and special whatever, they will fail. The only thing that God uses is his precious word of God. Now, we might be able to draw some folks in with uh, uh, advertising, all those things which we've done. We've spent thousands and thousands of dollars over the last couple of years. But you know what brings the folks in? You. It's your word of mouth. It's your testimony. That's how revival breaks out, when God's people go out into the highways and byways and tell folks the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, let me ask you a couple questions as we hasten. If someone is having a heart attack, what would you do? You walk up and, uh, and all of a sudden somebody falls down on the ground and, and, they're, and they're obviously in a, a horrible situation. You watch as they're gasping for errors. They go unconscious. What would you do? You say, well, maybe I'll call 911, or maybe if you know CPR, you'll fall to your knees and start working on the person to try and help them. It would be only natural. If you couldn't breathe, what would you do? Make a sign. 
do whatever you can. Try and get on your phone. Try and get somebody to uh, uh, attention so your life can be spared. How about if you lost your livelihood, your bank account, and a place to live? What would you do? If your world crashed in on you, what would you do? Would you just call it quits or would you fight back? Would you try and think of a plan? Would you actively try to get some help to move forward? And I trust you would. You see, when we look at physical needs, when we look at carnal needs, immediately we're going to jump into gear to do something. But let me ask you an even more important question, and this is a question I believe that directly ties into where we're going to go with the Word of God this morning. If you are struggling with your relationship with Jesus Christ, what are you going to do? Well, I hope we get some answers for that this morning. All right, well, let's move forward. This morning, we're going to look at five key biblical elements. Usually, I like to preach expositorily, but the last few weeks, we've been doing what's called more of topical messages. And uh, we're going to look at five key principles from five different areas of Scripture that definitely are necessary for personal and corporate revival. First key principle is all glory must go to God. We cannot put man up on a pedestal. We cannot look to man for wisdom or guidance. We absolutely must look to the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all, every single thing we do to the glory of God. Father, I pray now as we open the precious word of God that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we, we need a touch from you. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to convict us where we're wrong, to help us to go in the right directions, to teach us the word of God, to make us who we should be as we sojourn here on this earth. So, Father, I ask once again that you do what only you could do, revive the saved and save the lost. We commit this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all every single thing to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. What is God saying? He's saying, listen, uh, my dear, dearly beloved family, my dear uh, uh, Christian Friends, if you will, God is reaching out and he's saying, listen, if you want my blessing, if you want uh, me to do something wonderful if you're Mitch, if you want to see people saved, then you better give me all the glory. I won't say where this happened, but I belong to a very large, large organization. And they would talk every single week about how many people they won to Christ. And uh, again, I, I, I'm not going to say where this was or how it took place, but people would stand up and say, listen, I want 100 folks to Jesus this week. And I was amazed. You want 100 folks to Jesus. Then the next person would get up and say, well, uh, uh, you know, uh, this week I saw 250 people come to Christ. And I'm like, what? You say, well, what were they talking about? Well, you see, it began to be a competition. 
How many folks can you get to say a prayer? Make a, an alleged profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Finally, after I watched this a few times, I said, this isn't right. People wanted to stand up. My name is, and I won 250 people to Christ this week. I'm like, well, where's your new church? You won 250 folks to Christ, there should be 250 people sitting in the pews next week. Where are they? I won. No, you didn't. You didn't do anything. You tricked some folks into saying a prayer, and you counted it as a conversion. You say, Brother Rich, you're being kind of blunt. I am. You see, because God never called man to stand up in front of folks and say, here's what I did this week. By the way, I'm going to stop for just a moment. Good to see Keith and Erica here in Savannah. Uh, Savannah's our newest visitor. God bless you. Good to see you folks and the, the new one. I like adding babies to the church. Love the babies. And by the way, I love adding baby Christians to the church too. You say, what's a baby Christian? It means it could be 10 years old, 20 years old, 100 years old that come here and find Christ. And uh, God puts new blood in the church. And God says, you better do everything to my glory and my glory alone. Don't put a man up in front of you or a woman up in front of you that says, here's what I did this week for God. No, you didn't do anything for God if you want to boast about it. Uh, it's all about what Jesus did. And folks, uh, we we're cautious about that. We want the gospel to be given in the right way, not uh, simply a way to bring glory to some person. And God says, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Folks, Union Grove Baptist Church will fall on its face. It may have a, a rally, but it will eventually fall on its face if we don't give God the glory and put him as number one. You see, I have the wonderful privilege of standing in front of you. Others throughout the year will, uh, as they fill in at various times, will have the wonderful privilege to stand before you and uh, exercise their gift, giftedness to teach and preach the word of God. Don't you ever put them on a pedestal. We will never have uh, king's chairs sitting behind me and putting uh, speakers on them. We will humbly come up from where we belong, from with the people. We'll talk about that tonight. See, folks, it's not about man. The servant is the one that God calls to be, if you will, the leader of all. We've got to be servants. We've got to love the Lord. We have to put him number one. Second key to revival, give all people your humble attitude. Folks, this is a key. It is one of the hardest keys. We've talked about this over and over and over again over the last year and a half, and it's so difficult, which is why God over and over and over again puts it in the scriptures. Philippians 2, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, the Apostle Paul says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same what? Love, being of one accord, of one mind. What's, what's he starting out here saying? He's like, don't you dare have divisions in your church. We go back to Proverbs, you know, there's six things that God hates. Did you hear the word? God hates. And you know one of those six things that God hates? It's division among the brethren. Oh, 
And you know what? God talks about this all the time. You say, ah, oh, man, you know, it's so easy to criticize somebody. It's very easy. It's human nature, by the way. It's sinful human nature. We love to criticize. And God says, you shush your mouth. You say, didn't you say that last week? Yeah, and I'll say it the next week and the week after that. And week. Why? Because it's the toughest thing on earth to do. James says, boy, if you can bridle the tongue, you can bridle the whole body. It's tough. It's a world of iniquity. And God says, you've got to watch the tongue. Let nothing, verse 3, be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I say it, and I'm sorry for the cameras right now, but here's what God says. Get off my pedestal. I talk about in every single marriage time that I do. You see, when we get married, the, the husband and wife, they're up on the top of that cake. They're holding hands. Everything is beautiful and lovely on top of the cake, and then they get home. <laughs> Who's going to push you off the top of the cake? I'm going to be number one. It's going to be my way or the highway. Get off my pedestal. And God says, you get off the pedestal, and you put the other person up on the top. That's exactly what he's saying here. Humble yourselves. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So God says it's not bad to, to, to take care of your own business. It's not bad to do things that you need to get done. But boy, oh boy, you better take care of the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, made himself, God's son, Jesus Christ, makes himself of what? No reputation. In other words, he didn't go for the headlines in the newspaper. He didn't go to be the president of the biggest organization in town. He humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant, a servant, a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of of men and being found in appearance as a man, what does it say he did? He humbled himself. Jesus Christ, God's son, humbled himself. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. And Jesus said, you want my attention, humble yourselves, get off my platform. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Third thing, give all people your forgiveness. Folks, you cannot have revival without forgiving others. Hardest thing on earth to do. Colossians 3, we went through this last week for a bit. Therefore, as the elect of God, meaning Christians, those that have trusted Christ, holy and beloved, put on what? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and what? Forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. What is God saying to us here? Listen, and I don't like going into the, uh, I've been, most of you and most of you know me, a few new folks here today having been the sheriff of Milwaukee County, not one of the, just the deputies. I literally was the sheriff for a couple of years, and it's like, well, you know, everything's got to be <clears throat> me. I am man. You must submit, right? No. Not as sheriff, not as a husband, not as a parent, not as a pastor, 
God says, you get on your knees and humble yourself. Jesus said, I came down from heaven. The God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords leaves heaven glory. He made us. Colossians 1.16, all things were made by him and through him. Yet Jesus Christ, God's son, comes down from heaven, goes to the most humble of deaths possible back in those days. He goes to the cross and he is humbled because he loves us. He could have wiped them all out in 10 seconds. He could have called 10,000 angels, if you will. But Jesus said, no, I've got to die for you. I've got to humbly go to the cross. Folks, do you love Jesus? Do you love the Lord more than anything else? And he says, well, listen, get, get off the pedestal. Humble yourselves. But above all these things, put on what? Love, which is the bond of Do you know not one time did he say, flex your muscles at somebody and tell them what time of day it is? I don't see that in there, do you? Not once did he say, listen, I'm the boss. You're going to do it my way. You will... Did you see that in there? I didn't. Did one time he say, listen, uh, no, he didn't. He said, listen, I, get, I came down. I humbled myself. I, I went to the point of the death of the cross, forgiving others. Look at that. A crown of thorns, nails through his hands and feet. We remembered it this morning. He suffered as no person ever suffered before. God literally turned his back on his son. Jesus cried out, Father, Father. Why have you forsaken me? One of the saddest things in Scripture, we've talked about it often. Why did God forsake his son for a moment? Because Jesus took all the sin upon his back, and God for a moment turned his back on his own son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, that's unbearable. I can't take it. Oh, God, please don't turn your back on me. If it's possible, take this cup from me. Three times in the Garden of Gethsemane, beg God, please, Lord, if there's any other way than for you to have to turn your back on me for that moment in time and me have to endure all the sin of all people if there's any other way, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, God, would you please spare Jeff Johnson's life? Would you please spare Denise Gilmore's life? God says, I'd love to, but I have a perfect will for that family, for those two families and others that have gone through it. Forgive others as Christ forgave you. Number four, give all people Christ's love. We went up through this one as well, a reiteration, John chapter 13, a new commandment Jesus said I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then he makes this statement. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Folks, if you want to reach folks on the street for Jesus Christ, if you want to reach your friends for Jesus Christ, if you want to re reach your workmates for Jesus Christ, if you want to reach your schoolmates for Jesus Christ, God said, listen, you better show my love. You better love folks. You better care about them. You better commit yourself to them. You better show in humility that you truly love and care about them. Folks, you want to uh, 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 fill this place up so we can't fit folks in? You just start loving folks. You start telling them about Jesus. You say, how are we going to fill this place up with more souls to come to Jesus? It's when we love on people. That's it. It's when we do what God's asked us to do, be as faithful ambassadors for Christ. Philippians 1 says in this, I pray that your love 
may abound still more and more in the knowledge of all and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, and here it is again, which are by Jesus Christ to the what? To the glory and praise of God. What is he saying here? Listen, if you are loving other people, What's the end result? It goes right back to point number one. If we're loving people, doing what God's asking us to do, who's going to get the glory? God alone. That's exactly what he's saying here. John 13, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you what? Have love for one another. Nobody wants to hear your criticism or mine. <laughs> I'm including myself in that. Nobody wants to hear... Uh, about what they did wrong, how bad they are, what a bunch of losers they are. Nobody wants to be pushed aside. Folks, what do people need more than anything else in the world? In this dirty old sin-sick world, what do folks need? They need love. Say, Brother Rich, and uh, for those that are new here, it's like uh, you talk about love a lot. Well, God does. God never talked about who you can beat up, who you can put in their place. God said, listen, I came down here. I humbled myself. I love people. I gave my life for people. That's the, that's the model that God asks us to do is to love on one another. What else does he say? Number five, and we'll close with this. Give God your prayerful attention. Pray without, oh, wait a minute. Pray without what? Do you? Like, oh, Brother Rich, you weren't supposed to ask that. <laughs> Right? Pray without ceasing. Every single moment, every single day. Oh, God, would you help us? Folks, you know when we pray? I'm not asking for anyone to lift their hand, but how many of you prayed more than you prayed in a long time the last couple of weeks? A lot of us would raise our hands. You know why? Because our hearts were broken. We saw people suffering. It gets our attention when we pray. When Denise Gilmore was in the balance for her life for a couple of days. We prayed earnestly. Oh, the family prayed. Pastor prayed. Deacons prayed. The church family prayed. We begged God for a miracle. And God says, I'm going to have a miracle. I'm going to take Denise home and give her a glorified body. That's the miracle I'm going to give you for Denise. Then Jeff Johnson, whose life was hanging in the balance for several days, and we prayed and we begged God and it's like, oh, God, please. And we prayed day and night. I'd wake up four, five, six times a night. Immediately I'd go to prayer and say, oh, God, would you spare Jeff? Would you please spare Jeff? And many of you did the same thing. And God said, I do have a perfect will for Jeff, and I'm going to answer your prayer by taking him to heaven to be with me. And I said, well, Lord, that's not quite what I had in mind. And God says, well, it's what I got in mind. It's my perfect will, and uh, you'll find peace in my perfect will as hard as it is. Dear Courtney and Emily and Alex and their families, it's hard. Your souls are crushed. <laughs> but God, his perfect will. Hebrews 4.16, let us come, therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Folks, we're needy right now. We're going through a tough time. There's others out there that are still going through a very tough time. 
Some we know about, some we don't. And God says, listen, is your heart broke this morning? Are you going through a tough time? Have the tears been flowing down your face? It may have nothing to do with sickness. It could be a spouse that you're not getting along with. It could be a child that's having problems. It could be your work that's going cattywampus and things are just out of sorts and, and you come to the end of your rope and it's like, what do I do, Pastor? Where do I go? Where do I turn? And God said, listen, fall on your face. Bury your head in the pillow and cry out to me. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, Revelation 5, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, speaking of Christ, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the what? The prayers of the saints. Folks, your prayers are incense. It is a sweet savor to God. It's still going back to the Old Testament sacrifices when uh, the, the priest would uh, cut the animal and they'd place the flesh, the meat on the altar and they'd pour out the incense as a beautiful savor to God. The, the, the fresh meat burning was a, uh, uh, if you will, a sweet savor to God. And God says, I don't have uh, sacrifices anymore of animals. I don't do incense anymore. God looks down at each and every one of you and he says, I want to hear from you. That is my sweet incense. God wants to hear from you. Isn't that wonderful? God wants that personal relationship with you. Finally, last verse. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, Jesus, of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's like, Listen, hey, Philip, what are you talking about? You found this individual that the prophets talked about over and over again in the Old Testament. How do you know that this is the Messiah? How do you know that this is Jesus? And he said, listen, come and see. Would you come and see? And he brought him to Jesus. He got converted, if you will, put his faith and trust in Christ and followed him. Folks, that's what it's all about. Would you come and see today? If you're, uh, if you're saved, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Would you come and see? Would you come and see everything that we just went through? Would you come and spend time with God in your quiet time, in your, where you're driving, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in a meeting, whether you're on the phone, walk with God. Folks, we'll have revival. If you'll do these things, walk with God, walk with God, walk with God, walk with God. For the unsaved that are out there, you want to you follow Jeff Johnson's dream of seeing more folks come to Christ? Hey, friend, you died right now, where'd you go? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I've been trying to work my way to heaven all my life. I don't know. 
maybe you struggle with the gospel a little bit, and maybe you can get it out, maybe you can't, and you say, well, you should come to church with me Sunday and come and see. You can try and give them the gospel, that'll be great. If you have a little struggle with it, come and see. You're right, right here. You know, folks, and I'm closing for the 15th time, I know. You know what? You know how the best, outside all the thing, modern-day things that go on in churches today, but you know how, how churches are built with folks that love and serve God? It's when God's people, not just the pastor, not just the deacons, not just a few folks, but it's when everybody realizes that God has given every single one of us in this room a ministry to reach folks for Christ. When you go out, when you invite them to come, when you show them love, they will come. And maybe you invite them to dinner or coffee after, after church and you spend some sweet time with them. Maybe they hear the gospel here. Maybe they do or don't get saved. But then you have the privilege of maybe leading someone to Christ because you said, come and see. Father, thank you for your love for us. Our time is gone. Lord, we need, a, we need something marvelous from you today. Lord, for our dear, dear, dear friends, those that we love dearly that have lost their loved ones this past couple of weeks, and many that have lost loved ones over the past year, and our hearts break for them. Lord, we need you, please, to comfort them. Lord, I know that's a prayer within your will. You are there to comfort, to help, to strengthen those that are in a time of need. You've promised to do that. We ask you to do that for our dear loved ones today. And Father, we've already given the gospel at uh, our communion time, and maybe there's someone still watching or listening, and it's like, wow, okay, I think I get it now. Every single thing we just talked about is meaningless if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never accepted that free gift of eternal life through placing your faith and trust in Him. If you haven't done it right there where you are, would you receive Christ's free gift? Just tell Him in your own words. Say, dear God, I'm receiving that free gift this very moment. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for eternity. For the rest of us, what are we going to do this week? What are you going to do? Are you going to love God like never before? Are you going to pray? Are you going to reach out to others? Are we going to bury the old critical hatchet? Are we going to love on others? Are we going to spend time with God like never before? Are we going to read our... Bible like never before. Are we going to pray like never before? Father, do in our hearts what only you can do. Revive the saved, Lord, we ask now. And all God's people said, Amen. Josh.